This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, how the heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited for football. I'm excited for preseason. Uh, training camp news has been fun. I'm just, we're gearing up here. We're, we're a couple weeks we're two weeks away from dynasty drafts. We're probably two or three weeks away from everyone out there that's doing redraft drafts. Uh, we are exactly a month, if not 29 days away from season four. I mean, but this is it. The time is upon us. Scum and Sneak Show season four? Yeah, it's been about a month since our last episode. And then we started actually coordinating drafts and such. And I said, well, we, we got a scoop, don't we? The, the summer break is over, and we're back in business, but wouldn't have it any other way. Shanique, big news this week in the LV Dynasty League. We've got a return. Something weird, something different. The big South Dakota Buffalo is back in the league. See you later, Dayson. Hardly knew you, but we've got some activity coming back. That's a huge thing. And Matt can be invested again, know what's going on, know what we're talking about when the dynasty chats flowing back and forth. So big news. Happy to announce it. I mean, everyone already knew, but quick initial thoughts. Now that someone who's actually engaged takes over that roster, how does that change the outlook of, of that team? And maybe what some of the other contenders or some of the other bottom dwellers, what, what direction is this going to go? Just quick gut check. Yeah, quick gut check. First of all, happy to have Matthew, the South Dakota Buffalo, back in the league. It wasn't the same without him. We got to keep this league all with the friends and the group and everything like that. Dayson, hardly knew you, never knew you. Good riddance, goodbye, good luck. <laughs> uh, landscape of the league, it just brings another uh, motivated, on top of it, manager that's going to manage the heck out of that team. You don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be a blow up? Is there going to be some trades? Is there going to be some movements? Is the correct roster going to be rostered every week? We've got another player in our midst. Uh, I'm excited to have him back. I'm excited for what it could be for that team. Uh, I think overall, for everyone else in the league, standings wise, just, I think I just right now it remains to be seen. You know, we've got a competent, well rounded, uh, experienced manager in there. And I think it could just, just it's just going to vault the league uh, to more competitive, to better overall, uh, and we all get the privilege of getting reamed and yelled at uh, by everything that we do or don't do that doesn't uh, get approved or not approved by the all-knowing Matt. So buckle up for everyone who missed it for the last year, or if you got it anyway, because he's just always ready to tell you. Uh, what to do, and I'm hey, excited. I'm it's, excited. It's a tradition unlike any other, right? That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. Get him back. You know, he'll he's always the first one to tell you how stupid you are and how bad your team is and all the mistakes you're making. But he's also sometimes, maybe, possibly willing to give you credit uh, when credit is due. So maybe, you know, for all of you people out there that have been skating by uh, and you know not getting enough. Uh, hullabaloo from Scum and Sneak Show. Be prepared because uh, Monty, Matthew, the Buffalo will stampede your hearts and minds and turn you into a pile of tear-filled dust. 
before it's all said and done. Welcome back. There you go. That's there we that's go. What I say. The jump got a little bit too there, a little rusty, still shaking off the cobwebs because we went, we went into league business, but forgot to kick us off with a nonsense minute question. My B. So, Sneak, you ready for this week's? Yes. Sneak, what is the best song with a town or a city in its title? I'll, I'll let you I'll let you simmer a little bit. I'll name some, maybe just to kind of get your brain going there. You got classic Viva Las Vegas. Okay. You got a spooky, maybe like a Werewolves of London. You got uh, Allentown by Billy Joel. You got um, Beverly Hills by Weezer. We got Walking in Memphis, that song. What do you got? Anything standing out to you, calling out to you? Mm-hmm. Well, quickly off the top of my head, uh, we could go with uh, Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell. Okay. We That's could a good go one. with Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks. Ooh. <laughs> What about uh, we could do? You never know about uh, what about uh, Havana by Camila Cabello? Yeah, okay, it's a good one. That's a fun banger. Every time that's on the radio, you want to dance and shake it, shake it around a little bit. All good uh, options. You, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of where I'm at. What about uh, about me? Yeah, there was a Babylon by Boney M, whoever that is. That could be <laughs> one that we could think about. There you go. Well, I'm I'm rocking with it, and the, the one that I had pegged for this, obviously, is Helena by My Chemical Romance. Oh, yeah. Got it. My new stopping grounds. Classic. That comes around a lot in like our conversations. I've noticed it's just it's mostly driven by me. Yeah, one of those songs and and titles and gifts and memes that just it has a lot of uses in your day to day conversations, and I appreciate it. We we tend to go back to on this show especially. We tend to go back to. Um, early 2000s emo music quite often and um i'm okay with that but if you're gonna ask me my my new thing when i move to helena maybe i can like get us get like stickers of that and put it all over the place or like maybe your new intro yeah how about my new internet fame thing is is that i just play that song in various helena Montana landmarks and then I post it like on online and I get like famous somehow and make money doing that. Do it. Twitter or I guess X is is sharing ad revenue now or something. I don't know. People are talking about it, so we can do that. But actually, uh my real answer, Manhattan by Sarah Bareilles. I'm probably gonna hate for that one, but I like it. We're ready for some hate. I think it's been too long to where we haven't had a good, solid day uh, 
Dynasty, uh, LV Dynasty, Fantasy Football League hate, and you know slurs being spewed at us and telling us how stupid and fat we are. I think we need that. You know, it's always one of my favorite times whenever we post an episode. People start getting active in group chats and message boards, and we just start getting eviscerated, and we either have to take it on the chin and walk on by, or we have to defend ourselves. And it's at that time of year to for that all to get back happening again. I'm excited for them. It has been a while. You're right, since we've gotten a proper drubbing from the team, from the not the team, from the the league, from the group. So yeah, bring it on. I am actually I'm probably not ready for it. So yeah, we'll see. What are we talking about, scum? Today we're talking about the rookie class of 2023. We are a dynasty show. We are focused, uh, you know, you and I on our upcoming rookie draft that's in a couple weeks. We will have another episode before that. But you and I have the top two picks, so we've got to know this class, you know, pretty well. We've got to make sure we're not missing on those first two. Uh, but we're going to talk about them today, position by position, give our listeners, both in the league and whoever else is out there, just a rundown of the class. We'll we'll stick to the big names, the heavy hitters, but maybe we'll throw in some, some dart throws there just for you to keep in mind at the end of those drafts. But yeah, we just wanted to give that. We'll also give some of our predictions of where they might finish, who might be a bust, all that good stuff. That sounds like a perfect start to our weekly shows. It's all about rookies and dynasty. Uh, if you've got a hit on them, and if you don't, it's always a sad time. Like I said, you and I, Scum and Sneak Show. Scum, Sneak, picks one and picks two. I don't know if this has happened or will ever happen again in the future of this league. So we're going to know I mean, for all it's worth. Probably next year. For me, anyway. Give reviews as this is. Uh, and you're going to listen and learn from us. All right, kids, buckle up. Time to learn. Hang on your butts. Hang Jeez. on to your buttholes. Let's start with quarterbacks. You know, premier position, some of the biggest names of the rookie class. You know, there's there's three big ones, obviously, that will be relevant for themselves and also, you know, how it relates to some of the fantasy options around them because they are going to start, if not from week one, you know, pretty early for, for these three. So in no particular order yet for, for our purposes – uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, who we're going to start off with. Before we go kind of into each one by themselves, Shanique, what what do you rank those three? Uh, let's say for just for this year, how do you rank them? Just for this year, this is a fantasy football show, so it's strictly fantasy football prowess and points. Uh, I hate to say it, but I do believe Anthony Richardson is going to be the top point getter for rookie quarterbacks in fantasy football, and then it's going to be, I think it's going to be Stroud and then Bryce Young. The reason why I say that, Anthony Richardson has the rushing upside. He's going to be running all over the place. So he's going to rack up yards and probably a good half a dozen touchdowns or so. 
and he's probably got he at least has Pittman, who's probably the best receiver out of available to all three of those quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's why he's number one in my book. Stroud, I think, is just overall better quarterback than Bryce Young. So he's gonna he's has probably if not the same or less to work with than Bryce Young, but I think he's just a better quarterback. So he's gonna be a little bit more accurate, a little bit more bigger, tougher. Uh, so he's gonna he'll be second and Bryce Young's third just because the size uh and that offense just probably gonna focus a little bit more on running. Uh, and I think. Yeah, so that's how I put them. Is that your order in Dynasty as well? Or does it change? Because uh, I guess the question for that is, does Anthony Richardson have longevity in your mind? I guess that, that's the question, really. No, in my mind, he does not. He's got a year or two until all until everyone realizes that he's not a good passer. Uh, and his rushing inevitably probably leads to some version of injuries or just naturally, you know, running quarterbacks eventually start to break down. So overall, dynasty-wise, if you're making a draft today and you're thinking about quarterbacks, in my mind it goes uh, Stroud, Young, Richardson. In like overall longevity dynasty-wise, I think that's how you should play it. Okay, okay. I... I'm a little unsettled. I don't know where to go with this because for this year, I I feel like the Colts could do the thing where they let Richardson sit for like the first two, three weeks uh, just for, I don't know, that's what teams do, right? And they have uh, Gardner Minshew, so capable quarterback, right? Let him do that. Let Anthony Richardson sit and learn for a while. So will he be the top? point scorer this year with with not a full season of games I don't know um and then also I I differ from you I and this is hard for me I I do think I like Bryce Young a little more than CJ Stroud but mostly because I like his surrounding weapons a little better um it's not like by a large margin but he was he was number one overall pick he I don't know that's just my thing. I, I think Phelan, um, some of the yak guys they have, like Terrace Marshall and Laviska Lavuska, you know, help him out a little more than than Nico Collins, right. whoever else the Texans have. I don't know. And then Miles Sanders is like a more natural pass catcher too than Damian Pierce. So like, I don't know. There's, I, th- I feel like there's just a little boost there from those type of weapons. The Bryce Young has so, um, I I do think though for Dynasty I do think ah, I, I I I I I agree with you a lot. I, I don't feel super confident in like a twelve year long starting career for Anthony Richardson, but based on upside, I think you do have to take him first out of the quarterbacks just because he'll probably have the the bigger weeks more often because of the rushing. But, um, you know, I know a lot of people aren't, aren't about that. We've, we've had, I don't know, like full episodes basically going back and forth on the rushing thing and quarterback. So I don't have to do it now, but that's just, that's how I view it. So I like young a little more than Stroud. And then I do think you just kind of have to take the shot on, on Anthony Richardson, even if it's, 
kind of a bust. I mean, tried. Like, I don't know if – do you think Bryce Young or TJ Stroud will ever be top six fantasy quarterbacks in their careers? And my initial gut says no. Right. I, I think just overall longevity-wise, Stroud has the best chances. He's the prototypical size for quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so if the Texans put some weapons around him and he just continues to develop, that's why I'm higher on him than Bryce Young being so small and the Panthers not really having too much of a good track record of, in my opinion, really trying to put too much around in, in terms of, I mean, in terms of offense, like even in the Cam Newton years, like he lucked into like the Steve Smith and the era and I can't even really think who the, you know, Calvin Benjamin was basically good for like a year or two. So like, I just feel like overall, you look at the teams, you look at the ability of the quarterbacks. I think if there's ever, if there's one of these quarterbacks that has the ability, it's Stroud. Obviously I'm Ohio State fans, I'm a low bias. But if Anthony Richardson turns into, I guess, Lamar or uh, I don't know. Jalen Hurts, you know, a bunch of Hurts. You know, like he just has to become way, way better passing accuracy wise uh, and just the overall quarterback. If he turns in, I mean, I guess that's a good, Hurts is a good, better way of comparison than Lamar because I don't think Lamar has really put in the work for mechanics, for accuracy, for what you need to be a quarterback. I think he's relied so much on his legs and his like intangibles to get to where he's gotten. And I, and like we mentioned on the last episode, I think you're going to find that that could be exposed this year or if not this year soon. So Richardson has to put in the work and not rely on his legs for more than his first year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just think Bryce Young's just not, I mean, he's, he's probably not as shifty and slower as Kyler Murray. And we're seeing that like Kyler Murray's in like, a pretty much make or break it type situation as well. Like, is he good? Has he got the commitment? Is he going to become better? Is he just going to rely on the ability to escape everything and make something happen? And the long-term quarterbacks that are successful in this league that are current in the past, whether they've been athletic or not, they've moved on to becoming an insanely amazing quarterback. So that's my overall argument with these guys. It's like, you better focus and become amazing, legitimate quarterbacks because relying on the shiftiness, the running, the athleticism is just—it's going to be ending on you quicker than you think. So that's why I say I'm not too high on any of the three quarterbacks. Honestly, longevity-wise, it's Stroud. Right now, immediate fantasy is Richardson. I'm pretty much staying away from Bryce Young, and I don't even—I'm not even thinking about him. That's interesting. I, I feel like I hear you that Stroud could have like the longest, and you know, by kind of like stacking numbers have the most successful career out of the three but he's also the most boring of the three for me so um that's, that's probably the issue i have bryce young's whole thing you know the size i hear you definitely an issue but his whole thing is just like right decisions getting the ball quick and being elusive right so he shouldn't take that much punishment i think that benefits him when you compare him to like a kyler like kyler's taking off and running but that's going to lead to a little more opportunity to get dinged up, right? I mean, he's, he's pretty smart with it. He doesn't take big hits, but even still, he's put himself out there a little more. So I don't know. We'll see. I think we're both, we've both said we're in the camp, but we don't love all three of these. We don't hate them either. They're just kind of like, they'll probably be guys that 
um, for years in redraft, you're going to get like later in drafts and they're going to be anywhere from like QB, I don't know, 15 to 10. And you'll be like, all right, that was a fine investment. But Richardson being the one that has the upside um, to, to beat that, right? Is that fair? That is very fair. You're nothing but fair. Yeah, I'm a fair and honest podcaster. That's what I've been told. That's what you've built your podcasting career on, and you're not about to stop now. It's a four-season career. You don't ever forget it. We're one year past the average lifespan of an NFL player. We're living on borrowed time. Let's go. We're, we're on the Hall of Fame pace, honestly. Yeah. Put us in. Put us in now. We've got like 400 episodes. That's just... That's the, what is the threshold for podcast hall of fame. Is it episode? Is it viewers? Is it money made? Because if it's episode, we'll win because we'll just make an episode every, we'll just make enough episodes for the rest of our life to get in because we're probably only going to ever have like six viewers. <laughs> hey, that's again, longevity counts. We've had this podcast hall of fame episode criteria is 790. One. Oh, easy. We're beating that like this year. Yeah, it's a possibility we could get close to that this year, but we'll give ourselves another year to get to the, that number and we'll be in the Hall of Fame. Before we do. What about any of these other quarterbacks? Are you, what do you think, like, can, can live it? Lives. Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, Old Man Seth and Bennett, can they, like, have a, any kind of starting future, or are they just backups and you know spot start guys? I don't know. Yeah, backup spot start guys. There's a little bit of intrigue because of Stetson Bennett. Like he's been getting a lot of good time out of camp, good good press. Uh, if the Rams say like maybe we can keep him around for a little bit, I mean, what he's 25, 26, he's super old, but like quarterbacks are playing to like they're 40 now so if he's at all decent like he could maybe be a quarterback for a team that doesn't need like a superstar right away if they've got a great defense and good pieces around them they can say like yeah we can get away with someone like this even the Rams like if they move off Stafford this year for whatever reason then they could say okay well that's we're gonna maybe they'll whoever like you could say for teams that are playing for the three or four or five year down the line quarterbacks like the Arch Mannings or whoever that might be your next generational talent, you could say, all right, well, we can play around with the fact that maybe a Stetson Bennett, I guess the only person we're talking about here, because I don't think the other quarterbacks are worth anything. They're not going to ever be starters. They're not going to ever be worth having or using. So, but I, there's something that weirdly intrigues me about someone who's had such great college success is old. If that translates to the NFL at all, like there are some teams that could benefit from using quarterback like that if they've got the right other things around them and they could be successful for at least a little bit. But otherwise, no, I'm I'm done with the quarterbacks after this. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see what do you think about um Dorian Thompson, whatever his third name is in the Hall of Fame game? Dorian Thompson Robinson. I I didn't even know who he was or anything about him until I saw some highlights from that game, and that doesn't change anything for me. I'm not at all thinking about him. Still don't want to know who he is. It was, it was a one preseason game, but he looked, he looked all right. Maybe like he could have like a Tyrod Taylor kind of backup career. Hopefully with with better luck, but yeah, 
just also wanted to uh, say his name, Dorian Thompson Robinson, league leader yeah, in Silvers. You, you have a fun name in front of you. You got to take advantage to be able to talk about it. I hear you. Did you see that thing about Stetson Bennett where he was on a Georgia team with Sony Michelle? And Sony yeah. has won two Super Bowls, been on a bunch of teams, and has retired before Seth and Ben has like played his first uh, regular season snap. I love that. I love when I see stuff like that because we always talk about kind of off air a lot more than on air about like players that we've thought we think in our mind that are either older or younger or been around forever. Like, hasn't so and so been around? forever and then you find one where like it actually is true you're like wait a second hasn't sony michelle been in the league for five or six years and his one of his college teammates is just now getting into the league i love those stories because they just they make me chuckle and it's so funny and we do that a lot of times with players we'll say oh didn't so and so like i you had this stigma and i kind of did but i came off it quick about olave coming out of ohio state you felt like he was at ohio state for seven years forever and he was really only there for three max and he came in the league and was a really good rookie. And so it's just like you have these thoughts and these ideas about players that really can skew your way of thinking about them in terms of fantasy. Like, oh, I don't want to draft them or I don't want to try to go and trade for them or I don't want to deal with them because they've got all this mileage and all this, yeah, this, this and that, this and that on them. And a lot of the Alabama running backs come into the league that way mm-hmm. because they run they're they're used so heavily in college they usually stay you know a year or so longer than normal and whatever because yeah, they gotta wait their turn the to play. Najee is a perfect example he's already 25 I feel like he's only been in the league for like and 25 is like that number like all right maybe I should start thinking about getting away from this guy even though you've got their top 10 running back so Anyway, here we are, tangent thing, but um, yeah, that's oh, so funny. That we're that. back, baby. <laughs> we just don't get us started on talking. We just we got all this pent up football talking in our that we want to do, and we just say, "All right, well, we've already been on this episode for a half hour. We've only talked about three quarterbacks." Oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. Let's pick up the pace here. Let's let's skip to. I don't think we'll spend that much time on the tight ends, so let's go to them. I think there's a lot of interesting names. I'm gonna I'm gonna give us. I think in my mind there's um, a top two, and that's Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta, especially out of camp. Like both are reportedly having like great camps. Like quarterbacks love them; they're going to be heavily involved. But we know in dynasty land and fantasy land, like rookie tight ends, you know, probably not going to be that great but of those two do you have a preference or are you you know a fan of both and just want to have them on a team and see what happens what, what are your thoughts for those two initially i want to say kincaid just because of buffalo more high-powered offense even though the Lions were an amazing high-powered offense last year and i gotta yeah stop forgetting that um i guess i would have to put kincaid first just because that it feels it feels to me a little bit more of a need for that team, like you could make the case that Gabe Davis is a good number two, but he's basically like if he's not getting a bomb touchdown, he's he's worthless fantasy wise, I would say. So you've got Diggs who's unhappy, who's getting older. Josh Allen needs to continue to have weapons around him to be successful. So I would want to say that Kincaid should be thrust in quicker and faster to be like you've got to be an option for us now. But Laporta with the Lions has the luxury of probably 
for whatever reason, I think easing further into it. So maybe has like the ability to like be good this year, but then become even greater as that offense continues to evolve. Uh, and then I just saw today or yesterday some camp highlights of Musgrave out of Green Bay where they're like, he's the next Travis Kelsey. He's built just like him. And I'm like, okay, hold the phone, guys. But also, there is the landscape for tight ends this year is a little bit more positive than I think in the past because you've got these big, fast, decent looking, at least on paper and visually what we've seen so far, tight ends that like you might say, maybe these could be. And we know fantasy football tight ends are, you know, the you've got Kelsey and then the rest of them are all going to be basically like five points away from each other fantasy-wise. So any one of these guys could easily be a top 15 tight end and you're happy with it. So if I were to rank him, I'd go Kincaid, Laporta, Musgrave, just like you said, I would agree with that. Um, you could you could swap out, I suppose you could make the case to swap out Musgrave and Laporta back and forth, but um, I'm kind of a little bit intrigued about the tight ends this year. Uh, and again, it's going to be see what they do, see how the offenses progress, and they could be someone that you could rely on maybe next year. This year, you're probably not going to rely on them, but they might have games where you go very encouraging. Yeah, I like – I think this class more than the recent ones at least have – it's a deeper pool of, like, interesting guys. Like, I, I kind of like Darnell Washington in Pittsburgh just because he's so big, and I think they're going to use him. I mean, look at – Historically, they had um, Jesse James was that like super big guy, right? He was like six seven uh, that the Steelers use a lot in the red zone. So I think I think that's in kind of like the the Tomlin idea set to like have this guy as a big target, and then potentially Darnell Washington could be a little more. I mean, I know they have Pat Fryermuth already, so there's some competition there, but. Like you said, at tight end, it's pretty slim pickings after the first five or six. So in redraft, like with the veterans, I mean, why not take a look at some of these guys? What about I'll give I'll throw out one more name that could be super interesting. Luke Schoonmacher from the Cowboys replacing Dalton Schultz. I know you're a big Peyton Hendershoot guy, but those two, Jake Ferguson, it's just a group of Someone needs to fill that role. That's one of the favorite targets for, for Dak. Maybe it is all three of them just, you know, cycling in and out. But if one of them, and maybe it's Schoonmacher, can um, take hold of that role, it'd be pretty interesting, I think, for fantasy. It would be. I think the Cowboys are going to just focus on their three receivers this year and uh, not pay too much attention to their tight ends. Uh, with Polly in the back backfield, I think it's going to be Dak uh, getting back to just focus on his receivers. I think the absence of Dalton Schultz is is going to be somewhat missed, but I don't think they're going to be able to find a tight end right away this year that's going to be able to do much of anything. And I'll just hold out hope that Hendershoot is uh, the guy at some point. <laughs> Maybe I think it, you know you could have something. It's got to be somebody. So. All right, well, that's the tight ends. Basically, a dart throw, maybe you get lucky. Maybe Musgrave is the next Travis Kelsey, but also they have another, they drafted another tight end, Tucker Craft, Tyler Craft. I don't remember his name, but that guy's pretty good too. Tucker Craft? What? 
River Craycraft. River Craycraft, yeah. Um, good news about him too. So, uh, you know, camp stuff is kind of a dice roll, but um, also Jordan Love is down. So I guess I probably don't like either of those Green Bay guys, honestly. Yeah, you think Jordan Love is fully, fully dumb and just going to fall on his face and suck, or do you think he's going to be like, okay? I think he'll just be like, okay. What if he's just super good and everyone's like, what the heck? Then I will um, do a whole podcast where I sip on Long Bullen the whole time and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I did that one. I don't know if that's a punishment, but <laughs> that's what we're going to do. If Jordan Love is good. Jordan Love just comes out and just freaking absolutely destroys it and just is super good and everyone's like, yeah. Another great quarterback. Any any week, if he has a top five finish, you know, everyone like mark this down. It's on record. If he ever has a top five QB finish this year, I will do that episode. I'll do it every time he does it. Just actually slobber knock it off the it on, a, on a Wednesday at 10 o'clock a.m. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I'm into that. Ever, it's on the record now. A top five quarterback finish at all any week this year. Scum will be slambasted on a podcast, and he's probably going to just come for everybody and all of their deepest, darkest fears. And he's going to, and everyone will just be crying by the time. It sounds like a fun time to me. All right. All right. Let's do a quick break here and hear a word from one of our sponsors. This week's episode of the Scum and Snake Show is brought to you by the tried and true, the best company in the world, Sneak Inc. We're back for another year sponsoring the Scum and Snake Show. We can't be more excited. This year, we're getting into home renovations. Next time you're looking to replace that old, worn-out kitchen sink, think of Sneak Sinks. You got double basin. You got single basin. You got triple basin. We've even got the elusive quadruple basin sink at Schneek Sinks for all of your dishwashing and kitchen needs. Come to Schneek Inc. Schneek Sinks is the, is the newest entity for all of your home, kitchen, remodeling, and building needs. We've got you covered. Let it ride with Schneek Sinks and Schneek Inc. And we're back. Oh man, I'm so excited to call Schneek Sinks. And you know what? I've been looking. I've been thinking about replacing our kitchen sink and that quad basin. I don't. I don't think I can say no to that. Can you imagine a quad basin? I need it. This is a live record. Well, I mean, it's not live as you're listening to it, but we put it out there live. Ask some questions. So let's let's do some of this listener feedback really quick. Schnick, bagel bites versus pizza rolls. Pizza rolls, easy done. Pizza rolls easily. Bagel bites are too chewy. Not enough of the, the filling and all the good stuff. Not enough of the fun ingredients there. Yeah, Total agreement. Boom. Easy. All right. Let's go into what do you want to do? Do you want to do rookie running backs or rookie wide receivers? Both super fun. Do let's do running backs. All right. The dead, the dead position of the league, apparently. That's just done. I know. How I mean if if you're like, listen, Brandon, if Jackson Cam are super fast and good at football, don't let them play running back. That's the, that's the big takeaway. 
But yeah. did we speak this? Did we speak this into existence? I think we kind of did. This has been our big thing, like from the like the end of last year, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe okay. So running backs, if you're listening, I know you guys did a Zoom call too. You guys should have invited us, but that's another matter. Unionize. Have a separate running back union. You guys need it. Yeah, definitely need it. We don't want to see that position go away, but it might. Might, especially with just the the talent that comes in. Uh, And let's talk about some of that talent. Let's do, let's put them together. We'll talk about the top two, even though I think there's a clear, like, separation between them. But Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, both. Drafted top, what, like 15 in the NFL draft? Huge investments on teams that are going to utilize them in different ways, I think, but they're going to be pretty – they're going to touch the ball a lot, both of them this year. So let's start with Gibbs. Obviously, his forte is going to be pass catching, yards after the catch. What's his ceiling this year for you? I don't know. I don't know. Like, can he reach like top five finish status? Like overall? Yeah. No, no shot. Can he reach top 10? Uh, I'd say at best he's a top 15. If he has 60 catches, which is a good number, especially running back, 700 yards, three. Uh, receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. What is that? That's probably like top 15, yeah, like you're saying. Yeah, I just, I think in terms of, I know we're talking Gibbs, but if you were to try to compare the two, I think regardless of how Bijan is used, he's going to just be electrifying and amazing and really, really good and probably, and easily a top 10, if not probably like a top seven running back this year. Mm-hmm. I think Gibbs has, has a lot more reliance on how he's going to be used with the Lions. Sure. We saw last year the Lions had a high-powered offense, but Jamal Williams scored like 44 touchdowns. And why won't they just keep that formula going with David Montgomery and whoever else they because may have? This is David played. Montgomery. I think that's, that's the thing. But, like, is not David Montgomery the same build and the same type of running back as Jamal Williams? If the Lions move up and down the field and they get inside the red zone, who's to say that they're not going to just – give a lot of carries to Montgomery to try to punch in touchdowns. So Gibbs has to be part of that offense that moves the ball up and down the field. And sure. Yeah. I, I guess I could see him getting somewhere between like 50 and 60 catches, but I don't see him scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just, again, maybe I'm biased about getting off of running backs and at least high draft capital running backs, but he just doesn't, I just don't see the confidence that they're going to use him correctly to become a top 10, top five, top eight running back. They're going to let Goff throw it. They're going to run the ball. If he can, if, if Gibbs can prove that he's like a bit, and he might, and maybe he is, maybe I don't know enough about his college tape, but if he can prove that he's between the tackles, between the, you know, the, the outside of the red zone running back and get, that work then sure but i don't think he's going to be that type of running back i think they're going to use him like they use swift like they used like like camara was used at least at some versions you know like 
get him out in space and get him screens and get him swing passes and get him like a lot of this kind of stuff. And that's great. And he could be successful doing that, but he's not going to be successful enough to be considered a top five, 10 running back that in that way, unless they use him a lot more in the rush in the, in between the tackles type running. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing though. Take, yeah, go ahead. Kamara, Kamara is like the, the easy kind of comp, right. And the, the ceiling, but he, he did, Alvin Kamara did have a lot of success and had top five finishes had a top one finish, not getting utilized between the tackles that much. Like you said, it was swing passes, screens, all that. But what, what made Alvin Kamara is he, he would turn nothing into a touchdown so easily, you know? Right. And that's what, that's going to be the determining factor for Gibbs. And I, and I agree with you. I don't think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't know if he has that level of like, shiftiness and vision uh, and just like easy speed that Kamara had. I don't know if he has it anymore, but watching him, it was just like, it was like he wasn't even breaking a sweat and just like running past everyone in the end zone, 50 yards. You know, there were so many of those runs for Alvin. Gibbs, I don't think is the same level. What's going to happen? In my opinion, this is what's going to happen with Gibbs. Week one, he's going to get out there and he's probably going to get some sort of screen or pass and break off. Maybe like he'll, what he'll do like in the first half of the first game, he'll break off like a 30 or 40 yard run or, or like a, a catch and screen and go and everything like, holy smokes. And at some point later on in the game, he's probably going to get like a long touchdown. He's going to have some sort of electrifying first week and everyone's going to go, he's the real deal. But the, what the Lions are going to do is they're going to say, this is how we're going to use him. And when he doesn't do that every week, he's going to be very disappointing in fantasy football because he's not getting, he's not getting 12 to 15 carries and getting goal line work. And that's what's going to be disappointing and frustrating with someone like him is because if he's not busting off big gainers and big touchdowns, he's not going to produce at the draft capital of the, of the second or third overall pick. And that's my, I think my best argument I can make for Gibbs. Bijan, on the other hand, is going to get the carries and the work and also the big bust plays and the goal line work, in my opinion. He might, he might get a little bit of sharing with Algier in the goal line, but... I, it's going to be a lot less than what I think the Lions will do with Montgomery. So that's my argument for why Bijan is so far and ahead of Gibbs and why Gibbs would, in my opinion, be um, disappointing at this. And it's all based off the spot that you have to draft him. You have to draft him in the top three picks. You just do. and But he's not going to produce that level of return for you. That's what I think it all comes down to for me. Okay. No, I mean, I don't hey, I'm going to stick to it to the grave. We, we spent a lot of time on Gibbs. You, you transitioned to Bijan there. So let's talk about him more. And I mean, I think we're going to be in agreement. He should be like a top eight running back for the next three or four years, you know, barring injury, all that. Falcons are committed, at least right now, with Arthur Smith to run the ball. And even with Algier and Cordero, all those guys, like, he's going to get enough work. Algier could have like almost 200 carries and we don't still have like the same, like they're going to run the ball that much. I think so. Uh, they'll be fine and should be great. Pass catching has been good. There's a lot of, a lot of the one-on-one -on -one videos against like linebackers in just empty space where he's destroying them, which he should, any NFL player should do that, but still fun to see. What is the concern? What's the main thing that could be the disappointment for, any Bijan manager who drafts him 
really high in the rookie draft. Like, what's the one caveat, if any? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm trying to think of something right now. I don't think, I mean, I guess it would be. I guess it would be. Thing for me, that is, like, I don't see it, really. Yeah, I don't know if there's any. If I really had to try to stretch for something, it would be that the Falcons are probably just going to be an overall bad team. So sure, not there could be some. Days. Yeah. So there's there's something to say about fantasy performance and like the type of team that are on and successful in overall NFL, the overall NFL landscape. You know, wins, losses, and getting yeah. either getting blown out or whatever it may be. So there's, I guess you could maybe, there's maybe something to be said about the Falcons are going to probably suck and be bad. So maybe there might be a game or two or some times where you're like, dang, Bijan got 25 carries for 70 yards or something, one of those types of games. And you're like, well, he's getting all the volume, but he's running up against the, the number one defense stack boxes and Ritter's throwing three interceptions. I don't know. You, you could have a game. There's probably going to be a game or two where you have, he doesn't bust a big gainer or he doesn't get some red zone scores and you're like okay he could be who was he could be like the mixing of i'm not saying that they're the comparable players but like mixing used to have those games and still kind of does where you're like geez he's getting 30 carries and he's barely cracking 100 yards and but you're getting the carry points and you're getting so that's what i think that would be the only concern but other than that i really can't say i think no matter where you, you draft him at one or in any side of dynasty or redraft league, you're just going to say he's a stud running back that's going to perform week in and week out and be really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about the rest of the the rookie running backs. I think there's a next tier in the issue with them. Like they're all they all could be good, but it's all either backup roles or timeshares. And gives gives us kind of a timeshare too, but he should be kind of featured. So that's why he's not in that group, but. Give me a name that sticks out to you between Charbonnet, Roshan, Tank Bigsby, Kendra Miller, who his stock's kind of going down after uh, all the Kareem Hunt news, but uh, even Devin A. Chain on the on the Dolphins. Like who's who's the guy out of there that could move up closer to the Bijan Gibbs range in production? If any of them. Assuming the Dolphins don't do anything else at running back. Is that how you say his name? A chain? I think so. I did. I just caught. I would have been saying a cane. I like it because it's like he's got an A chain. Like he could wear me on a chain. I guess I, I think a lot of people would probably agree. Like first glance, you would probably have to say A chain because of the Dolphins' backfield, and yeah. he probably has clearer opportunity. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I feel about. Charb, uh, you know, already got an injury, and with Ken Walker being pretty good last year, like I don't know if there's anything to really say there. And then I want to say Bigsby because I, again, <laughs> I don't really know much about him as a player, but I would assume that he should also get some sort of work if Etienne's going to be their like field mover type. I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, I guess I do remember seeing. Etienne getting a lot of like red zone work, but I think is Bigsby like a bruiser or is he a small guy? I don't know. He's like kind of a bigger guy. Uh, Tank fact, he's good. I think, I think both of them could be like, you know, I think the Jags should be a good offense with Trevor Lawrence, with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. Like they've, they've done a lot 
um, to put a bunch of good weapons together. So I kind of like what they're what they're building down there. And I think there'll be plenty of scoring. And I think they could sustain two like good running backs. ETN, I think, is still the higher one for me, and he's got the pass catching, but Tank isn't like a club-handed guy. Like, I don't know. I, I like both of those guys and think that um, you know, maybe it caps the ceiling for both of them, but then you also have the thing of like if one goes down, the other should get a bunch of work, but Tank is starting to become one of my, like, I could see it, guys. You know, I could see him being that third back in this class uh, in a couple of years, you know, looking back at it. I think there's a there's a sneaky path that Roshup could be at least serviceable as, like, a third running back on someone's fantasy team. Yeah. Just because Bears being extremely heavy run-oriented and going to probably do some version of either – I don't think they're going to let field just – turn loose. So they're going to probably want to protect them in some way to work their running backs. And I would, I have to think Roshan's going to be part of that rotation. So there's a, there's a sneaky possible backdoor way that he turns into like a number three running back for a fantasy squad and someone you could maybe net, maybe this year's like Brian Robinson, where like you mm-hmm. might be able to squeak out like 10 to 15 points a week from him. If he's going to get some carries and maybe some touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I like Roshan too. I know a lot of people in this league are big on Khalil, Khalil Herbert, but I'm not. So Roshan's a good pass blocker. I think they'll they'll want that out there on the field, and you know, that could lead to some good work for him and, and more playing time for sure as they try to turn things around up, up there in Chicago. So I, I like the Roshan call too. Roshan, kind of like Noshan. I love Noshan. Every now and then that crying picture <laughs> pops up on Instagram or something. I'm just like, man, that's such a great picture. I'm also writing down Noshan for my um, immaculate grid reference because I need I need some more some more of these weird name pulls. Dude, that is such a fun game. But the moment I look at it, I'm like, how come I can't remember any any player ever? It's like I've never even seen a game with the Titans. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling names in my brain. I'm like, these aren't even real names. What am I doing? (laughs) All right, let's go back to some listener questions. What do we got? How much did our Do Nothing Commission Do Nothing Commission Brandon charge Matt to get the team back? Or was there maybe like an NDA signed or something? What what were the stipulations of that deal? I hope it was like really strange and secretive between the two of them like naked pictures or like you have to go and do something really strange and odd but it probably just like matt was like i went back in the league and brandon was like all right <laughs> let's talk wide receivers deepest group of rookies the most what do i want to say like probably the most influential when it's all said and done as a whole Right, more of these guys are going to be on teams in five, six years than these, the other three groups. So, um, we'll start with the big boy up top, Jackson Jackson Smith Nijigba, Ohio State product yet again at the top of our boards, and you know maybe not walking into uh, what people would think would be 
you know, the easiest or the most opportunity laden situation. But I mean, I think he's still going to be really good. Do you have Geno concerns? Do you have DK and Lockett concerns with him? I don't at all. Surefire number one pick, easy money, go for it, wherever, wherever you can get him, go get him. He's going to be really good. Uh, and he's going to be really good for the future. He's going to be really good this year. And this is going to be one of those receivers that just continues to be really, really good for years to come. No concerns at all there. Nope. Could he be, well, like, again, well, I asked this question earlier, but what's his ceiling this year? Uh, I do think it's a little bit suppressed because of you've got DK, you've got Lockett, like, in the red zone, should be DK. Lockett, you know, scores six touchdowns every season easily. So, you know, we've got maybe 14 of Geno's, what, 25 touchdowns already kind of locked up between those two. Um, yeah, I mean, am I wrong on that? Am I just, do I just need to be patient and let him, let Jackson cook? What's What's the deal here? I, I want to say that you might be a little bit wrong. And even with your rationale there, let's assume there's 11 touchdowns to be had after you've gone through that yeah. and that are throwing touchdowns. And let's say a, a, there's five that go to just random, random tight end yeah. or running back or whatever. And let's say, let's say, let's say his ceiling is six touchdowns thousand yards like that's what all the receivers did last year and even better than and they're all considered Garrett and Olave they're all they're considered supposed to be really good so if Jax's ceiling is what the rookies did last year with more touchdowns because they only I think Garrett scored four and Olave probably only scored four or whatever so if if Jax gets a thousand yards and four more touchdowns you're calling him an absolute win 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 so yeah, I, I but I think he's going to be a top twenty receiver easily. Okay. Hmm. Top twenty, huh? Crumble bet. Okay. But we're not going to remember in six months. Oh, crumble bet that you're saying he's not going to be a top twenty receiver at yeah, the end of the year. Correct. He'll be twenty-one. Right. Easy bet because there is crumble in Helena. All right. Crumble bet. Someone else mark this down for us and remind us in January. Yeah. Someone, whoever listening, and keep track of all the bets and all the goings on that we have here and remind us on this one because I'm sure there'll be more. Thank you. Um, all right. Next group. Let's, let's do Addison, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, and let's throw in Zay Flowers. They were the other first round wide receivers that are, you know, projected to, to be good. Um, rank those three for me. Addison, Johnston, Zay. Addison with Kirk Cousins, I think, has a really big ceiling. I think he could be very, very good. Now, Kirk Cousins, future-wise, ever leaves. If they get rid of him, he doesn't perform again. They don't win the playoffs or whatever it may be. I think Addison drops because – He's going to be working with either a rookie or some serviceable quarterback in there. Kirk Cousins doesn't get enough credit for his gunslinger, his yards, and his touchdowns. I think Addison could have a really nice year. Johnson at number two, he's going to be, at least in his first year, one of those boomer busts. He's going to have some great catches, some great big gainers, some awesome games. 
And then he's going to have games where he only gets like 27 or 39 yards or whatever. And you're going to go, okay, because Keenan Allen had 12 catches that game and Eckler scored three touchdowns. So be it, it's a way better offense, a lot more options. And Zay Flowers to me is just another Hollywood Brown, another fast shifty guy that's going to have three 50 yard touchdowns. And that's about it. And that's not enough in my opinion for him to be remotely good this year. And you know, my stance on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, uh, he's just going to become somebody who piddles around for a couple of years and then probably goes to another team with some decent height because of his potential and never really turns into anybody. So that's my overall analysis on those three. You tell me yours now. Might I remind you that Hollywood Brown is wide receiver six at the start of every year until he gets hurt. So maybe <laughs> Zay Flowers is if he's I want you to remind me of that every year and forever. And it's, I mean, it bears out every year. Four weeks, wide receiver six, and then a foot or a knee or a hammy. So that's fun. Who, who else do you like? Um, are you a Marvin Mims guy? Are you a Josh Downs guy? Jalen Hyatt? Rashi Rice on the Chiefs. Who do you want to touch? I think you're. I think you're a Rice guy. I could be a Rice guy, uh, but I think I'm kind of a. I think I'm kind of a Hyatt guy. I'm coming around to becoming a Hyatt guy. You just love Danny Dimes. That's the thing. I'm convincing myself that Daniel Jones could be my quarterback, and, and I'm hoping that Jalen Hyatt is as fast and possibly as good as they're saying he is. So I'm kind of excited about that. If I really want to jump down uh, into some of these more. Let's stick on Jalen Hyatt for a second, because I do think he's got a pretty special role on that team as a downfield guy. Can can Dan Jones hit those passes? That remains to be seen, but that's going to be his role. So he could have, a couple, you know, long touchdowns and big games this year because the rest of the team is like Ferris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson. They're all going to be in like the same slot, you know, 10 to 15 yard area. Uh, Cole Beasley is also on the team. So it's just like uh, you got your, it's Isaiah Hodgins and Jalen Hyatt as like the, the outside kind of guys and everything else is down underneath. And those guys, those slot guys have to compete with Darren Waller too. So, um, mm-hmm. Hyatt could be like a sneaky good guy, I think. I like that call from you. What about you? Are you a Mims guy? Are you a Downs? Are you Tank Dell? I don't think I'm into any of these guys, really. I mean, Mims, Mims I kind of like. Oh, you're a booty guy. You're a Kayshawn booty. I was a booty guy until apparently he's just terrible and the NFL hates him. He still should make the Patriots, so I mean, they have Juju and Devontae Parker, so uh, there's a shot on him, but uh, you know, more than anything, I'm a draft capital guy. I do not like what was it, sixth round pick for Booty? So, yeah. um, there's been a lot of weirdness about Jaden Reed being good, but I don't believe it. Well, if you're like me and you think Christian Watson sucks, that's a good news, a good, a good kind of like target. What do you think about Mingo? Paired up with Wood Stroud, he gets like AJ Brown comps, but obviously he's not AJ Brown. I think that's just because they both went to Old Miss. Um, yeah. Sure, sure. I, mean, I guess like I didn't talk about him earlier about the Panthers, but 
Adam Thielen probably missed a few games. Uh, sure. Lavuska and Terrace Marshall are, we know what they are. So can Mingo sure. be better than them? Maybe. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think just I think if he connects with Bryce Young and becomes a Bryce Young go-to, then that would be fun and cool. Um, yeah. They need a number receiver. They need someone to to jump ahead in the reins because, like you just mentioned, they're three guys so far. I mean, Terrace Marshall's Young is going into what his third year, but it's like none of these guys are ones. None of these guys are going to emerge as legit go-to. So, like Mingo has the ability and the at least the chances in front of him to emerge as that. It's just if Bryce Young can, can get him where he needs to get to, then maybe he could have some um, have some uh, value for sure. I just I'm looking down some of these guys. That, I mean, I don't even know who any of those guys really are. You don't know who Puka Nakua is? Is that give me your number one sneaky sneaky sleeper that no one else would ever even think about? What about Aaron Crookshanks? I mean, obviously, because he's a Crookshanks. He's got to be the brother of that like, safety or corner or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Aaron Crookshanks. I might have to draft him just to get that uh, field stack. Although Fields is getting traded. Two? Dot, dot, dot. Anyway, Jim told me not to mention Xavier Hutchinson on the pod, so he's he'll be my sneaky guy. He's a he's another Texan, along with Tank Dell. We've got a good question in the Dynasty chat. Okay. Uh, it actually comes from Ernie E. Fritz. Who's got the brighter Dynasty future, Scum or Sneak? Mm. I mean, current state could be Sneak. You've got you know a a comparable pick uh, to me this year. You know, it's just one half for me, so you get whoever else the second best player is. And you you started your rebuild sooner, so you've got your Garrett Wilson, your Chris Olave, your Drake London trio of receivers lined up for however many years they're going to be good, which probably should be a while. Um, you actually have quarterbacks. I do not have a quarterback, really. Um so, you know, by the – on paper, it's you, but on guts and wits and guile, you know, not to not to detract from you, but I think it's me in that regard, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to say yourself, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have the big, best future right now, and that's an undisputable fact, Scum, okay? But I have Jake. Everyone knows Chig is the next big thing. You have Chig, you're you do have Bijan, assuming you stick to it and you don't trade that pick. <clears throat> and next year you might have Marvin. So that's gonna be really good for you. So there's your answer, Eric. We both vote for ourselves. We both vote for ourselves. It'll be up to the dynasty chat to decide. Who they think will have a better, better mm. Before we, and I, think we did, I think we we I think we hammered on it earlier just to kind of go back to the chat really quick. Dayson was not a real person. There's no way in heck that he ever was a real human manager of fantasy football. And I, oh, yeah. I'm just it gonna say exactly... that it's been 
found out. Brandon definitely bought a Walmart phone and added that number to the chat. And then he answered, like, in August, just to pretend Dayson was real. And then, quote, Dayson literally never said anything else ever again. Never responded in the group. And, you know, just because I get it, Brandon, when you, you do these things, uh, you set up your little ruse. I've been there. It just becomes a little too much to manage. You just lose track of it. You know, you're trying to hold spaghetti in your hands. You can't do it. It's slipping all over the place. So that's what happened. Dayson was never real. And what else we got in there? Anything, any other questions? I don't think so. Let's go back to the receivers really quick because you met, you mentioned Rasheed Rice. And I wanted to ask you if he could succeed where all the others have failed, where Meat Cole has failed, where Sky Moore has failed. Can he actually be like a, a receiver that Patrick Mahomes prefers to target over the rest. Like obviously Kelsey is the one. Kelsey's the end all be all for that offense. But you know, can can Rashi Rice, can anyone step up into a role that's secondary to that? Or is it just spread around, spread around, who's open, who's fast? I'm Patrick Mahomes on the best. Is that is that how it goes? That's how it goes. That's how it's probably always going to go. My reverse line answer to that is like I think overall you have to hope that he can succeed where others have failed. You there's you need you need somebody to to step up after Kelsey. And important and we've been we've I've been talking on the Kelsey downside for years and it's not happened. So I'm wrong there. But eventually <laughs> will. So if they don't fill that void. They they didn't seem to need to fill the void with Tyree Kill. They won the Super Bowl last year and were amazing. So like we were also I was also wrong. We were also wrong talking about like there's gonna be a fall off. But you would you history and everything tells yourself that you need to fill the void with some go-to guy because or maybe Patrick Holmes is truly just going to take the Tom Brady route where he never really had a number clear-cut number one. For a lot of his career, you know, Gronk was there for a good seven years or whatever. Kelsey's now been there with Mahomes for his whole career. So does he move into the fact that, like, you don't need a number one? Because he's so good. Like, a lot of these quarterbacks we've talked about in the beginning, we've talked about forever, they need number ones. They need someone that they can always rely on and trust. Now, Mahomes has had that with Kelsey, but he's going to not have that. And, and Mahomes is still going to be in the, the extreme prime of his career. So do they find someone to become the number one, like Rashi? Or do they just say, we're just going to continue to kind of put guys around him. Maybe someone will emerge. We'll just keep drafting somebody. We'll keep signing, you know, journeyman types and be good enough that way. I don't know. That's going to be a question maybe for another pod, for another lifetime. But to answer your question, I, I'm going to say that Rashi – will be better than the others of the past. Okay. You heard it here first. That means he's uh, on the radar. He's on the radar. He's got to be on the radar. As long as he doesn't change his number to, like, 32. <laughs> Remember how dumb Sky Moore is? Oh, I can't believe that. That just completely ruined everything for his whole entire career. This guy with two Ys and number 24 is unbelievable. Absolutely what atrocious. What an idiot. Just doing a disservice to all the Moors. DJ, Dale. 
uh, Elijah. <laughs> he's probably our seventh listener, and now he's going to be mad at us. Sky, message us and let us know why you made that absolutely terrible decision to go to 24. That's just like. Hey, that was fun. All right. That was fun. I like how we always practice our pre-show meetings. Like, yes, it's going to be quick. Let's bust this out. And it's an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. This was... Um, you got some editing to do, my friend. Oh, boy. Now I'm just going to put it out. I think we did pretty good, actually. I, I remember one um, to cut. That might be it. Nope. <laughs> I think we only really have one legitimate tangent and of course it's always me and then i would drag you down with me so in all in all good episode to get us started for our weekly episodes for the next four months oh boy <laughs> okay thanks everyone for listening hope you enjoy uh where are we at? yeah two weeks roughly a little less until the lv dynasty draft and we'll just keep you plugged in until then. Yes, sir. Love you. Bye.